The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now, your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McCray, Heckma Harrison, and Newey Scruggs. Hello and welcome to the Players' Lounge, sponsored by Tostitos, the official chip and dip of the Dallas Cowboys. You are now rocking with the best. I'm Heckma Harrison, and joining me at the desk is my boy, BC, is in the house, and wow! He's back. How do they? Get, how do you get back in this place? Do you even know how to find this place anymore? D Mac is in. Danny McCray is in the building. And look at that. Look at that box down there. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? What do you call yourself? On the, the new dog. The new dog. <laughs> new, dog. Uh, new dog. New dog at the bottom. Louis Scruggs, the eleventh time. Emmy with it. Yeah, humble brag. Always in the building. Newey Scruggs is in the building. This is the Players Lounge. And guys, I start the same way. Hey, when I'm running things, I got to ask the same thing. How's, how you mind, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing amazing. You know, today was a great day. Went out on the golf course a, a little earlier today, man. And shot a 78. I mean, I don't know too many cats doing that, man. I shot a 78, and I got witnesses. I got witnesses. You know how people like to pencil whip the card if you buy yourself. I got witnesses. 78 today, I mean, it was a career best. You, career you, best. You look like you've been getting a lot of sun, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, uh, it's hot out here in Dallas. This it man Turch said, I'm going to play golf. I don't care if it's 116 or not. I'm going to be out there. Yeah, I'm playing. You know, only certain friends can compliment you on your tan. I got you. <laughs> hey. I know he went to the interview. Newey, how you doing, brother? <laughs> I'm elite, my man. I am elite. Oh, okay. Hey, what shoes you got on out there, man? I know you're trying to hide. Yeah, check your shoes. We checking you. What shoes you got on, Nui? <laughs> he not going to show them. What you got on, Nui? Dude, I got on Jordan. I'm sitting here at a desk. Okay. You want to take uh-huh. my shoes off? No, no, we're not gonna make you do that, Newey. But you, hey, you are down. I don't believe you. Yeah, now we don't believe you. He got an Abramos. Hey, Newey, you are there at camp, man. You got to be our eyes and ears down there. What is the vibe like right now in Oxnard? Wait, let's just stop because you guys are trying to Okay, okay, all right, all right. You guys are trying to see, see right there, it says That's George, George Series, there, right? He took his shoe. See that right there? <laughs> That's pressure. Okay, great mega sci-fi man, Michael Jordan. Yes, sir. My goodness gracious, man. <laughs> Jeez, man. You love to I see mean, it. Why am I getting hazed on this show? Why am I getting hazed on this show, man? A- okay, here we go. Um, Mike McCarthy was asked about Ezekiel Elliott because Jerry Jones has said on radio as early as today that, you know what, there could be a possibility of Ezekiel Elliott. Mike McCarthy, when he talked to the media, shut it down, saying they've got these younger players here, they want to see what the younger players have, and if you bring back an Ezekiel Elliott, that starts to cut into the reps. And then also we spoke about the financial aspect of it because, look, they got these younger players Outside of Tony, uh, Tony Pollard, they got these younger players on cheap deals. So they want to see what's going on with them. So if anybody's thinking about Ezekiel Elliott coming back, that's not happening. And, oh, by the way, they already gave his number away. Oh, man, yeah, that's rough when you somebody gives your number away <laughs> that, that, that quick. But, Nui, I know you were, you were, you were driving up um, yesterday to Oxnard, so you didn't really get to catch that, that full padded practice that they had the other day. But 
from, from you just being there now, I see the players in the background warming up for practice. What does your feel like about the first round pick, Mozzie Smith? I mean, I've seen a lot of reports out there. It seems like he's dominating the trenches early and often, which you would love to see. But what is your vibe around camp? What is he looking like so far um, early in this camp? So when I get done with you guys, the person I go immediately find is Nate Newton. And I watch practice with Nate, and I just we just start going down and looking at the different offensive and defensive linemen. And so that is what I'm going to go do, is stand next to Nate Newton. And the next Players Lounge, I will have a full report for you because Nate does not miss when it comes to these offensive and defensive linemen because he knows exactly what to look for. So I go find Nate because he's my Yoda when it comes to these guys. So, so is Nate the same? Has he given you any uh... – feedback on on the offensive line uh, so far because you you don't have Zach Martin there we're still figuring out about Tyron Smith like how, how are we looking on the offensive line because I've been reading that the defensive line has been dominating uh, you know in camp is that because the defensive line is just that good or do you see our offensive line is struggling trying to figure out what rotation we're going to be in especially with a new offensive line coach I think it's a little bit of both right there. I mean, this this defense is good, okay? Uh, the defense is good. I was talking to Lake Vanderesh yesterday, and Vanderesh mentioned Super Bowl. Oh, okay? my goodness. And, and <laughs> yes, yes, he did. He went there. I didn't bring it up. He went there. There you go. Okay, he Jump talked about Super Bowl winning a championship. Mike McCarthy today said he's never had a team with this much defensive line depth. This is a guy who's won a Super Bowl in his career, who's had a team go 15-1 in the regular season. So... When you see that this defensive line is having, you know, a little bit of edge on the offensive line, that's nothing to be shocked at. You saw the video yesterday when Micah Parsons went past Tyron Smith, and Tyron Smith, you know, I mean, it wasn't a good look for him, but that's how great uh, Parsons is, and you got a guy on that defensive line. So this right now looks like a strength of the football team. When we get done with practice, I'm going to be able to put more eyes and look intently at the defensive tackle position because i got to be able to stop the run. And, and also, when I sit down and talk to Nate, I'll ask him about how much further along is this defensive line versus the offensive line and looking and seeing at where guys are. Uh, your man's uh, uh, Josh Ball is, is starting at right tackle right now, plays oh. Zach Martin, so we'll see how he holds up. Hey, I, I've never seen, you know, Tyron Smith look like that in the practice. I'm sorry you guys all seen the clip where, you know, Parsons, which the guy's a beast, but I've never seen somebody kind of just hip toss Tyron Smith like that. So that's going to be a battle at camp that I'm looking forward to watching. Um, but huh? What'd you mean? Oh, okay. You looking forward to seeing it? Bro, we just watched. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I watched the fight on Saturday night. Okay. Yeah. So, no, I'm not looking forward, looking forward no, to seeing that. No, no, I just want him to stay healthy. That's not what I want to see. Want to see if we're depending on Tyra Smith to be our starting left tackle, yeah. that is not what I want to see as, as we're in camp. All right, I don't want to see anything that could possibly get okay. you injured because those are movements that could possibly get you injured. <laughs> it they made you cringe yeah. when you yeah. saw number 77 go airborne. Yeah, I don't want to see that. It's not happening today, okay, guys. I guarantee it's not happening today. Why? Because Mike McCarthy said they're going. That Mike McCarthy <laughs> said they're going to have Tyron just an individual today. So uh, it's not going to happen. You got, you got a bet there. Uh, bet there already, uh, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'll yeah. take it. Looks that. good though, man. To tell you right now, guys, he looks good, guys. Looks good. Man, we done heard that so much. But we talking about uh, back to back to Mike McCarthy. You had mentioned him a little bit ago. Do you feel that he's he's feeling the pressure? Because this is a huge year. This is a huge year for Mike McCarthy. He's taking over play calling duty, and he's basically saying, hey, I'm going to put it all on my shoulders. If I go down with the ship, I'm going to go down swimming. Swimming. Swinging. swinging. <laughs> do you see or do you feel yeah. any pressure with Mike McCarthy going into this year? No, I, I don't. I, I really don't. 
I think Mike McCarthy would be a better play caller than what they've oh. had the past couple seasons. So I'm not that worried about it. Look, uh, this is going to be a team that is a defensive football team. Um, they've got to figure out exactly how they want to mix other people around Tony Pollard, run the football, and if Brandon Cook stays healthy, they're going to have some weapons here. I'm not really worried about the play calling. That guy. I'm just not. I'm, Mike's done this before. The guys won a Super Bowl. Here's the interesting thing, okay? Sean Payton calling plays. Everybody praises Sean all day long, as they should, because he's really good. But Sean Payton, and you start looking at his win-loss record, Super Bowl wins, it's right there with McCarthy, and they do the same thing. It's just Mike is not this guy that plays to the media and talks and gives you all these great sound bites the way Sean Payton does. But I just think some of that is is a, almost a matter of disrespect to act like this guy is just some bum off the street. <laughs> this guy's yeah. a pretty good play call in his career, guys. I listen, I, I, I believe in Mike. I've been asking for him to call the plays that, since he got here. Okay, show us what you learned in the lab. We know that the game yeah. has changed a little bit since the last time you have called plays, and now you had an opportunity to come in and show what you can do, and, and now everything is on you. It's on that's you true. and your quarterback, and I think that's how Mike wants it. So I'm excited to see what it looks like uh, once we get into the season. No. The, the preseason game, I'm just excited to see, to see. Mike McCarthy yeah. call plays okay. in live action. And, and the thing is, we've been talking about what Mike McCarthy's playing as offense is going to look like, and we hadn't seen it in three years mm -hmm. so far. So him getting that opportunity, Schottenheimer got interviewed yesterday. He talked a little bit uh, about the offense, but I think what we all want to see is the weaponry. Bring in Brandon Cooks, but you know that you're going to need more than that to complement CD and Michael Gallup. Guys like Kevontae Turpin, we haven't talked about him, uh, but I think all last year, because of that deficiency with the wide receivers, we were looking for a playmaker. How? What are your expectations for him in this offense and, and with Mike McCarthy's plans? Well, well for me, I, I believe, you know, Kevontae yeah. Turpin, he's one of those explosive guys that when he gets the ball in his hands, anything can happen. I mean, we've seen he's a Pro Bowl returner out there. We can see what he can do with the ball in his hands. I was surprised last year he didn't get more opportunities, whether it's a jet sweep or kind of a screen, just to get the ball in his hands in open space. And I'm looking forward to seeing him getting more opportunities in this Mike McCarthy offense. I can see him being that fourth receiver, that gadget guy. They might line him up in the backfield next to Tony Pollard, something like that. So I'm interested to see what he can do this season, but he is explosive once he gets the ball in his hands. I don't feel the same. Oh. All right, I want him to be a returner. I want that to be what he focuses on and what he does, okay? Because we always get to this thing where we're like, the more weapons, the better. Yeah. Nah, man, no. You got you got C.D. Lamb, yeah. who's going to demand the rock, okay? You got Brandon Cooks, who is going to demand the rock, okay? You just drafted a tight end in the second round. You got Tony Pollard, who's going to demand the rock. Right. We don't... <laughs> What, fourth receiver? <laughs> I'm just saying. So, no, when, I, when I'm looking, I'm saying if we're talking about we're going to run the ball as much as Mike McCarthy has said we're going to run the ball, then I don't see us getting down to the fourth receiver being that type of uh, – having that type of impact on this game. I'm with you. You, you, you need to have – the top two, which is going to be Brandon, uh, Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb. You got Tony Pollard, who you're paying $10 million, yeah. and then your quarterback. All right? How's your offensive line look? And work through those three, and I think you'll be okay. Nui, what about you, man? So – Okay, so, so here's the question I have. Based on what you're telling me, Danny, how many touches a game combined do you see Kevontae Turpin and Deuce Vaughn having for the Cowboys that will make you feel comfortable? You know what? If, if Deuce Vaughn really breaks into that, that roster spot to where he's used as a weapon, I would expect them to see maybe 10, but I'm saying 7 and 3. 
with, offensive returns? with, with oh, Vaughn. No, I, I would okay. say Vaughn gets the majority of those carries because, like you said, we're trying to figure out how many reps Tony Pollard's going to be able to get. I can see Deuce Vaughn being a person who can spell Tony Pollard way more than a guy like Kevontae Turpin can. So, yes, gadget plays, if you run a speed sweep, double reverse, stuff like that, you throw a Turpin in for something like that or, or to be a uh, to, to disguise and trying to trick the defense. But other than that, I'm not seeing him on the field as an offensive threat uh, that much. He had an opportunity last year, then you saw T.Y. Hilton come in and then be the guy at the end when, to, uh, when Turpin was right. already on the roster. So yeah. it's something that they're seeing or uh, something that he's not able to do that, that, that they're just saying, you know, we're going to go get a guy like Deuce Vaughn and, and see what we can make happen. Uh -huh. and, and, Nui, I think but it, you got a better play caller now. You got a better oh, play call. So there's, there's a difference. Talk about right. disrespect. Oh, <laughs> he called goodness. the same plays for uh, T.Y. Hilton to get get open and, uh, you know what I'm saying, to catch a big-time pass. So I'm not going to put that one on Kellen Moore. I, I put enough on Kellen Moore as far as, you know, his effect on the offense. Yeah, Nui, I was going to say that, you know, during OTAs, I kind of had the thought watching both of them play, knowing that the only way that Deuce Vaughn can make the team is also contrib his contribution on special teams. So that's also going to be as a returner in some sense. How, how does him and Kevontae Turpin coexist in that lane when that's been how Kevontae Turpin has got his claim to fame? That's the thing that's going to be difficult. Because to me, you got a Pro Bowl returner. I mean, how many times have we watched – Last year, we're like, man, he was that close. He was that close right. to breaking a big one. I mean, I, I think you got dynamite in his hands, so I, I wouldn't mind him staying at that return spot. And Deuce Vaughn, like, like you said, he can be that kind of gadget guy, screen guy. Because, look, no disrespect, but we know he's not picking up any blocks. I mean, he's not picking up any blitzes <laughs> no. coming through. I, I, no. That's just not going to happen. So for him to be on the field, he's got to have to either have the ball in his hands in some instant or kind of be a distraction, and I can see him having that type of role. But as far as spelling Tony Pollard, I, I'm not so sure because we don't, we don't have that that bell cow back right now because not even Tony Pollard is really that bell cow back. He's a you know, 15 to 17 touch kind of guy. We don't have a guy that can go in there and give you three clouds in a, uh, three yards in a cloud of dust and keep things moving. So we'll see how the Cowboys uh, do with well, that running back. Well, let me and also let me, let me tell you this, okay? I know I know his dad, Deuce Vaughn's father, mm -hmm. okay, is up there telling him, "Hey man, watch what the PP's doing on uh, the personal protectors doing on punt team, okay? Figure out what you can do on punt return team to help Turpin get free, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. How versatile can you be? Because if Turpin's gonna be here." Right, and you need to be here too, and y'all battling for the same spot. Then you have to be able to to do more things, right, that, uh, outside of being a returner. So I expect them to see I, if he's on the roster. I expect them to see him making some tackles, say, <laughs> running see, down there on kickoff, just sitting in the edge. Right. I see, I expect him to see. I expect to see him doing those type of things versus uh, being a returner. Nui, I got to ask you, man, um, you've been down there. You just got there. Uh, we talked a little bit offline about uh, Jerry Jones' comments. Uh, he's been talking to the media. He's talked about a, a current player and a former coach. Man, you got to give me your thoughts on what he said about Zach Martin and also this saga that's going on between him and Jimmy Johnson. Let me start with the Jimmy Johnson saga. I go back into last year when I sat down and talked to Jerry one-on-one, -on -one and I, I called it petty. I actually said, Jerry, this is petty. And petty is <laughs> continued. I don't know. It's because Jimmy wrote the book, and Jimmy wrote a whole chapter on he and Jerry, this book Swagger, and Jerry didn't appreciate it. But for him to come out and say that Jimmy's not the only coach that deserves consideration for the Cowboys' ring of honor, and then ask the follow-up, like, well, who? And he's got nothing. Th that just tells you the pettiness of where we're at here. And that's sad 
to see because those two gentlemen revived the Dallas Cowboys franchise and it became the team of the 90s. And the fact that Jimmy's not in that ring of honor, it's a shame. And Jimmy had said in the interview to me, he's like, you know what? If Jerry just put me in, it, it'll all be over. You know, you just put me in one day and just, and just be done with it. So I don't know why Jerry keeps doing that. I don't. I mean, do you think it'll, it'll happen, though? I mean, we've gotten to this point. He's been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Every time someone asks him a question about it, kind of dances around it. But ultimately, the power is his to put him in the ring of honor. Do you think it happens? Right. Right now, no. Right now, wow. no. This is the second year that we've asked about it, and he's dug his heels in even more. Mm. I mean, to come up and say, well, there's other coaches. Wait, who? There is no other coach. There's no one. I mean, no. You, you're not going to put Barry Switzer in the ring of honor. You're just, you're just not. You're not putting Barry Switzer in the ring of honor. I'm sorry. And I know he was a Super Bowl winning head coach, but come on now. If Barry runs up in that thing with, with, with a blue jacket before Jimmy Johnson, Barry may get booed out there. Last thing Barry wants to do is go in front, of, in front of his Cowboy fans and get booed at. I mean, come on. It, it, it's just, it's just stop. I mean, you know, what are we doing here? Um, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And uh, they have a media party tonight, and I'm sure he'll probably get asked about it offline as well. Like, come on, man, what are we doing? But we'll see. But, guys, talking about a guy that won't get booed by Cowboy fans is Zach Martin. But he's doing something. And, and you heard Jerry Jones talk about it. Jerry just kind of lit it, and I'm paraphrasing. I got to pay. I got to pay Micah, you know. But you guys as players that have dealt with contracts and know how this whole thing goes, what do you think about Zach Martin's stands? And also, what do you think about Jerry's response to that? You know what? You know, I, I can't remember a time where I heard Jerry speak this way about a contract situation. Wow. Pretty much like, like you said, you know, digging your heels in and saying, hey, it is what it is, pretty much. And I got bigger fish at this point to fry. We're making sure we get uh, Michael Parsons paid. And oh, by the way, there are other people who are going, to, are going to need to be paid on the roster as well. So Zach Martin, I think, is kind of he's down there on that uh, on that list, and they say, "Hey, listen, we got you on the contract for well, another two years." Yeah. You know? Danny, you've been worried about this offensive line all offseason. This has to give you the BGs. You got to be, I mean, because you need Zach Martin, and this is the wrong time for him to be holding out like this. The only this. thing that scares me about this Zach Martin thing is if he goes to pick up a, a you know, an old old tactic that Trent Williams. Uh, used back in uh, Washington where he actually did sit out the whole year, um, you know, for different reasons. Right. But there are players who have been willing to do this type of thing. Uh, so that scares me a little bit. But me knowing Zach Martin for the little time that I have known him and then knowing that he, he wants to be a Hall of Fame player. Yeah. He wants to be a part of a team that's possibly going to win the Super Bowl or have or, or, or at least be competitive. And this is the team that is going to be able to do that uh, as long as they remain uh, healthy. And he's going to be an integral part of that. So I think it's going to be hard for him to sit on the sideline. Uh, they'll have a discussion. Uh, Figure something out, right. and I think he'll be. He'll he be might here. tell him go get my purse, like yeah, grandma. Yeah, yeah. He might. He might. He might. Hey, hey, we gonna take care. We gonna take care. Of you. I hope so, because if not, let me tell you. It's gonna be, it's you gonna be some trouble. The defense. The de I don't care how good this defense is. You don't have no offensive line coming in here with yeah. with all these weapons that we got. Then you in trouble. He did the air quotes on no, the weapons. You got <laughs> sixty weapons. <laughs> now, he, he's needed. He's needed here. And like you said, he, he's not only the best offensive lineman that the Cowboys have, but he's, he's arguably the best offensive lineman in the National Football League right now outside of Trent Williams. I think Trent Williams is probably the best overall, but right behind him is, is a Zach Martin. Right. And if you look at the, you know, the pay scale here, 
He's the best guard in the league, but he's six million dollars behind the highest paid guard. I think it's a guy from Indianapolis. Yes. Nelson. So I understand where he's coming from. He's like, look, man, I'm the first guard to ever get a 99 on Madden. I'm the best. <laughs> <laughs> he brought the. He, he brought us to the office. Like, you see what right here? 99 club. Like I, I'm still in my prime, kind of like. Yeah, 32. He's still, still at the top of his game, and he understands that. Look, y'all need me. Y'all need me to have a, this offensive line work together as a unit. I'm the thing that kind of gels everything together. So he's playing his leverage, and, and to me, it's kind of a smart move. Because what, what does he got to lose? I mean, look, I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to make X amount so, of money anyways. So let me go out here and, and see if I can get paid a little bit extra. To me, it's a smart move because the Cowboys need him. Outside of Dak Prescott, I think he's the most important offensive guy that they have. I mean, because if, if he's under pressure all day, we understand what happens to Dak Prescott when he's under pressure all day. And with Zach Martin not being there, it could be could be some trouble. So I think it's a smart move on his behalf, but they got to get something done before the regular season starts. All right, so so you guys are looking at you're zooming in. I'm going to zoom out here a little bit. And, and one of the things Jerry spoke about, he's like, hey, you know, you've been paid at the top of the market for a while here, because when Zach got his deal, Jerry wrote the check, made him the highest paid guard in the game. And Zach and his agents were also the ones who willingly decided to do the deal for six years. So Jerry's like, hey, I did my part for you. And you and your agent, everybody understands how long these TV deals work and that the market's going to go up. But he did take care of Zach and put him there. So I, I, I'm just, and that's part of his point there. The, the other part that we don't know about is while he just worked on that deal and got it done for Trevon Diggs, what other deals is he is he working on something for CD Lamb? And as you're working your cap and your numbers here, um, and he's working on maybe something for Dak. How much does oh by the way, if I give Zach Martin six million dollars right now or whatever he and his agent may want, how does it mess up or prevent me from getting exactly what I'm trying to get done with player other you know player X and Y behind the scenes? That's something that I think is pretty interesting. That. That maybe I'll ask if I if I can ask somebody else in the, in the organization, you know, kind of give me some stuff off the record. <laughs> How much of that plays into yeah. it? Because we saw the Diggs deal get done. You got to know they're trying to work on some other guys to get done. Because I'll say this: I would love to get C.D. Lamb done if I'm the Cowboys before George Jefferson get done. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I should say Justin Jefferson. Gets done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But you know what? I got a newsflash for you guys. The best defensive player in the league plays for the Dallas Cowboys. His name is Micah Parsons, the bazooka. Look, we're going to play some bills uh, just like we got to pay Micah. And we'll be back before <laughs> players laugh. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? Yeah! 
That's the sound of you and everyone else absolutely loving new smoothie bowls from Smoothie King. And woo, me too. These smoothie bowls start with acai and pitaya and are handcrafted with fresh toppings like sliced bananas, sweet berries, crunchy purely Elizabeth granola, and a savory peanut butter drizzle. New smoothie bowls, only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel, attend the best tailgate party in Texas, tour the star, and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Back to the Players' Lounge. The official 2023 Dallas Cowboys Star Magazine training camp preview is now available. This year's edition features scouting reports, position analysis, a pullout schedule, poster, and articles from your favorite Cowboy writers. Get your training camp preview today at DallasCowboys.com star. Back in action on the Players' Lounge, and Nui has dropped off because, you know, they're about mm-hmm. to go. They're about to start hitting, Man. so, you know, it was perfect <laughs> time for them. Uh, to step away, but one of the things that we've been talking about on our chat is just trying to figure out who it are those guys on this roster that obviously are tr- battling uh, mm-hmm. for a position. We were talking a little bit about this. I want to go back to it because I believe that your discussion about the running back room, especially now that Jones has been suspended, Rojo, yeah. has been suspended for two games. Mm-hmm. That, they just announced that yesterday. Now that opens things up for that position group for guys that you may not even consider to even make the squad now possibly make it. Listen, I um, as we went into it and we talked about Jones before we stopped our podcast, yeah. we were all still wondering if he was going to make the roster. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so freeing up the spot, we know that his role on the roster, he was probably the only one in that role of like he was going to be that. Hey man, it's it's fourth and two. Yep. But like, how, how can we get it done? But now he's going to give other guys opportunities to go out and show that they can do that, mm-hmm. or give Mike McCarthy enough time to draw up some more fourth and two plays where you say, <laughs> you know what, maybe maybe we don't have to just line up and and, and and run power when it's fourth and two. We can get a little bit more creative with some of the weapons that we have back here. So, absolutely, a guy like Deuce Vaughn is very happy. I'm not gonna say happy. You know, oh, he's charged. But, but yeah, he's charged. He, he ain't sad. <laughs> he wasn't sad to hear the news. He was like, oh, for real? This is when you start. This is when you, as a player, you start to say, man, things are, you know, all the chips falling in my favor right, right. now. Stars are aligning. God is blessing me. <laughs> right? I get drafted to a team that my daddy worked for. Now all of a sudden, this dude get two game suspension. Now I'm, I'm moving up a spot on the roster, getting more opportunities than I ever thought that I was gonna get. So, yeah, the, the running back room is probably one of the most competitive uh, uh, position groups on the team at this moment. That and then, you know, offensive line, we're still trying to figure it out. I, w- I won't even consider that like a competition. We just, at that point, it's just putting a puzzle together um, just because we, want, we don't know who's going to be healthy, who's not. But that running back room, that's, that's one to watch. Just to piggyback off your, your running back thing, yeah, that, Deuce Vaughn, he got to be charged right now. Because like you said, <laughs> everything's kind of falling right into place. And, I mean, it happens with, with me and you. We're uh, coming in here as undrafted guys. It kind of just kind of fell the way. I mean, we, we worked hard. We trained for, you know, and all that stuff. But, you know, injury here, you know, guys not showing up to minicamp here and there gave me and Danny all the reps we needed. And we were able to take advantage. And that's the big thing that he's going to have to do 
is take advantage of the reps you're given. Because right now you, you got what, Tony Pollard coming back from an injury. Uh, like you said, Rojo's going to be out for, for two games if he makes a squad going into the season. So these guys, Rico Dowell, the Mike Davises, they're going to have to take full advantage of the opportunities they're given. And hopefully they can do so and show the Cowboys something. Um, but when you talk about guys that, that to me, got to have a good camp and got to go out there and, and show their A game or at least show the coaches something each and every day. Like, oh, man, he got better at this. He got better at that. I'm going to have to go back to my guy, man, Neville Gallimore. <laughs> I mean, I, just, I, I didn't think he would be in this position, you know, mm -hmm. at this point in his career because I thought he was going to be shooting up like a rocket. But it just didn't seem to work like that last year. And then, as you said earlier, they, they added a Mozzie Smith. I mean, you got guys in there. Oh, Diggy Zua. You got a, a lot of competition yeah, for that absolutely. interior defensive tackle position right there. So he's going to have to show these coaches each and every day at practice, man, he's gotten better at this rush move. He can hold the point of attack right here. He's going to have to show some each and every day, and including these preseason games, if he's going to want a roster spot uh, this season, in my, in my opinion. I mean, you bring up a, a, a wonderful point because Neville Gallimore, I think for the last couple of years, before he got the elbow injury, yeah. he was one of those guys that they looked at as being – just kind of penciled in, yeah. um, just a, a high-energy guy, but you lose a Carlos Watkins. And how do you replace that energy from Carlos Watkins? And that's why we talked about guys like Chauncey Golston, because mm -hmm. you want to see those third-year guys absolutely start to take a little bit more onus on this in that defensive line rotation. But I, I am so happy that you're back, because I want to ask you about your LSU Tiger, mm. Jabril Cox. Because... Of all, we, we talk about guys that's, that's looking to make the roster, and I'm not saying that maybe because he does things on special teams as well, and yeah. he's solidified himself with Bones Fossil. But are you in a position, when you think about him as a linebacker, you guys playing, you know, those roles in the box, what do you think about him and, and him, where he is right now coming back from that knee injury two years removed? You know, special teams, yeah. which, is, which is, you know, like when you look at our roster, you look at our linebackers, and then you throw in Damone Clark. So let's man. let's he's already jumped Jabril Cox yes. to me because he came off an injury to me early and then he showed signs of what he was at LSU and I and I've met the guy and he's he's focused. Yeah. <laughs> he's ready to go. Mm -hmm. So Jabril Cox, I think that in order to make the roster, he needs to stay in good graces with uh, Bones Fossil because that will be 90% of his uh, of his role on the team this season. Um, but I think he still has the opportunity to get better. Um, like like we said, there's 17 games in the season now. Yeah. 18 full weeks, and then you include the playoffs, guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to miss time. It's what he does if he gets the opportunity to then get in the game. And he showed some flashes of it, but he has to be a lot more consistent if he wants to have a long-term long role on a defense like this. Because this type of defense, when you, when you have a good defense, it puts pressure on other players who then come in when somebody gets injured to say, hey, man, if you're not ready, it's another guy waiting on you. You got to play up to this standard. This is the standard that you have to play up to. And if you're not able to do it, then we're going to go find somebody else. And Dan Quinn and Mike McCarthy, they have shown that they're willing to go get somebody else. So Jabril Cox, he got an uphill battle. But, hey, man, I always say this, be best friends with that special teams coach. And then when your opportunity presents itself, make sure that you maximize it. Because if you don't, It'll be over before you know it. And it is my opinion that this defense, the only group that you can look at to say, this is the one group that really can separate them into being that elite defense. Because if you look up front, you think that they have the pieces with bringing in Amazi Smith. Mm -hmm. You look at now, everybody's saying that, that Michael Parsons is a defensive end. He's, mm -hmm. We're in agreement to that. Yeah, he's, he, that's right. his best position. He's a, he's a defensive end. Uh, you look at your cornerbacks now, uh, with Diggs and, Gallimore, and, and Gilmore, oh, yeah. 
and your safeties, I believe you feel you feel pretty all confident. Three of, all three of them. You, you feel pretty three. confident about it. Mm -hmm. But your linebackers, I think that's where the separation is. And that's why you're talking about a guy like Jabril Cox, who's had all of that expectation placed on him, taking the next leap. But also, Damone Clark. Mm -hmm. I have high expectations for Damone Same Clark. Same here. I have high expectations for him. Coming, like I said, coming off the injury last year, I thought he came back early. Uh, th those are not those are neck injury. I believe. It's mm. not those are not injuries to play with, and it takes you some time to then feel comfortable enough to go out there and play relentless like you usually do because you're not really sure. Yeah. This is now a year removed from that where he then got some playing time last year, which we didn't expect, and he showed signs to me of being of being the player that we saw him be at LSU. So I think this year, him looking at him at LVE. Once you get mid-season, mm -hmm. be, being a being a hell of a force out there uh, as our linebackers. Yeah, th that that can be a, a heck of a duo, especially on Demon Clark. You like you were saying. I mean, it, the guy he he took a jump last year. I mean, you, you saw him have some mistakes out there, but that's that's gonna that's gonna happen to rookies. I mean, especially at the linebacker position, you got to read everything out there. You know, run, pass options. I mean, it's tough as a linebacker, but him getting more comfortable in Dan Quinn's system, he should have a breakout year. I mean, the guy he has all the all the traits. I mean, sideline to sideline as far as speed, he can cover guys out there he comes downhill so he has all the traits can he put it together and have a complete season I'm looking forward to seeing it no that's uh that's one of the things that I, I like about him his coverage ability as yeah. well I think he's really good in coverage but DeMarvian Overshawn from the University of mm -hmm. Texas I think he also puts pressure on this linebacker group as well because as you know Dan Quinn loves those tweener guys guys that can do two two more than one thing yeah. He's not only a linebacker, but he's also a hybrid safety, kind of in, you know, in, in the same lane as a Javon Curse. Yes, exactly. So, you know, I, like I said, I, I talk about that linebacker group, but I talk about those guys in terms of them being the piece that you need to go into the stratosphere of being uh, an elite defense. But moving on to the next topic, guys, and I'm going to charge this one to Barry Church because he forced this <laughs> uh -oh. on the topics <laughs> list. But my man Dak Prescott is going viral for the wrong reason. I'm just saying, what's going on? We got a social media situation going on right now. Guys, Dak is being killed in social media because of interceptions in practice. Which Barry, happens. It, it happens. Barry, it happens. Barry, yeah. no, 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 <laughs> Barry, Barry, yeah. are, is, it, is it really as concerning? Are, are people putting more on these Dak Prescott practice interceptions than they need to. Yeah, I think I, I embellished it a little bit. I, 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 you know, the, the, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I like to, you know, to stir the pot a little yeah. bit. And every time I see an interception out there, I said it to you guys, like, man, what's going on? What's going on? But as we look at this thing, I mean, he, I think he's trying to give confidence to the to the young wide receivers out there. Because if we looked at, you know, who he was throwing the ball to on those interceptions, I believe one of them was to Jalen Tolbert, which was a deep one, which Nation Wright had amazing coverage on. So I don't know why he should throw that, but maybe he was just trying to give the guy a jump ball opportunity out there. And then I saw the other one against um, Malik Hooker, which I don't know if he was that, under pressure or I. That was just a bad one. That was a bad it one, right? That was just it was a, short. It was short. <laughs> Uh, it, I mean, it, he didn't even have to jump. He just kind of floated right into there. So all I'm saying is, look, man, we, we understand what happens when this offense is clicking on all cylinders. And that's when Dak Prescott has full command of the offense. He's up there at the line of scrimmage, pointing things out, telling people. He, you can just tell that, that command. 
But when his offense is fluttering a little bit, it's when he's turning the football over. And we saw that in the, against that 49ers game in the playoffs. I mean, those were two very bad interceptions out there. So to me, is it camp? You know, interceptions happen in camp. We've seen it, you know, tons and tons of times. And guys come out during a regular season and ball out. So to me, maybe I'm putting a little bit too much on it. But that's one um, category that he said he was going to get better at is not turning the football over and decision making. And from those interceptions, those were two extremely bad decisions that were made by Dak Prescott. So hopefully he's getting them all out of his system in camp. And when, when the season rolls around, he's dotting them up. But to me, that's something that he's he's got to work on. We talk about practice. Yeah, I'm, say, I'm not <laughs> sure. He learned, they, they, they put in a new offense, new offense to play call. He's trying to figure some stuff out. He's trying to figure out. We saw we saw we seen two on deep balls. Right, where you're trying to figure out exactly where I should put it, who I, who's going to be my deep ball guy, right? Because it was Gallup, but now you got Cooks and you got CD. So figure, trying to uh, work out that kind of connection with those guys, that's the time you take the chance in training camp. Yeah, so I would expect to see them in training camp, and I'm actually happier that it's on deep balls than like bad reads, you know what I'm saying, guys mm -hmm. coming across on the dig or getting tricked on cover, stuff like that. He's seeing one-on-one -on -one out there. He's taking a shot. He's shorted one ball. But other than that, he's giving his receivers a chance to go out there and make a play. So I'm not worried about those. The bad reads okay. are the ones, right? It was cover three. He's running the out route in, during the season. And you're like, huh? Yeah. Oh, you threw it to the other side of this yeah. one? Or C.D. Lamb runs a jerk route in the cover two, and you throw it right to where the corner is, you know what I'm saying, playing in the mm -hmm. flat. Like, those are the ones where you say, Nah, Dax, Dax not on. He throwing a 50-yard deep ball, and then somebody goes to make a play. He got a brand-new toy out there with Brandon Cooks. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. Hey, man, try it out. Try it out now because I don't want you to figure that out in the season because last year we did have an issue with finding somebody who could be that deep ball threat, which yep. is why when T.Y. Hilton came in, you were like, okay, we got a deep threat. Nah, Brandon Cooks is here, mm -hmm. all right? We're going to see if he's going to be the guy who we've been watching in New Orleans and then Houston and L.A., I want that same Brandon Cooks to come here and be a difference maker on our offense. Nobody has been harder on Dak than you have, man, throughout the season when he started throwing those turnovers. You talking about him? No, I'm talking about you. Yeah, I'm talking about you right now. I was on the two. You was on the two. You was, hey, y'all was tagging. I said Dak was going to games. get I said he was going to get it right. This ain't the player that no, but let me, No, but let me ask my question. Okay. Then. Here's my question to you, okay. because you've heard these things in mm -hmm. the media about him, and we had not had an opportunity to talk yeah, to yeah, you. Okay. So I'm just asking you questions. Let me just stage it. I, I, I'm not worried about it. I, what I'm saying is, yo, when you have a guy that comes out and says, look, I threw 15 last year. I'm not going to throw that, well, what is 10? I won't throw that many interceptions. Do you think it's something that for him, as a leader of this team, as a, one of the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL, is that something that he should be talking about right I now? I wouldn't put a number on my on my picks because right after that we seen Simi Fajoko <laughs> drop a <laughs> drop a pass <laughs> and it get intercepted. Like ten interceptions in the season is not a lot. Yeah, I ain't crazy. <laughs> like, like players go out there and go forty and ten. If you go forty and ten, oh, you, you're great. Yeah, you're all pro. And 10, yeah, you're, you're all pro. You're doing great, right? Yeah. So that's not even a lot, especially with an added game. Mm -hmm. Just go out there and focus on being a person who says, I'm going to protect the ball better than I did last season. Me. I'm going to do everything I can to protect the ball better than I did last season. Now, because we know some of those interceptions weren't on him. Yeah, <laughs> some true. of those are dropped. So I'm, I'm going to do the best that I can to protect 
the ball. And then my teammates are going to, you know, they're going to have my back and make sure they do it as well. I think that that is better than I, I'm not going to. 10, I'm not. That's, that's, you know what I'm saying? That's, <laughs> right, right. Dude's throwing 10. You know what I'm saying? That, that might be a Don't league average. Dude's throwing 10. I think Josh Allen threw 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat Mahomes threw 10. Aaron Rodgers is the only person who go out there and throw 40 and 6. Yeah. Yeah. Dudes be throwing interceptions, bro. It's, it's just it's just the game when you go out there and throw 60 times. Uh, well, well, let me ask y'all this then. Going into the season, we, we understand there's pressure on this team. I mean, there's pressure on, you know, on the head coach, especially the quarterback as well. Can y'all see him going out there this season and kind of pressing the issue out there? Like, you know, I got I to gotta show my critics. I got to show people like myself that, hey, I can go out here and I could be one of these elite quarterbacks. Or do you think he'll let the game kind of come to him and he'll go back to that – Dak Prescott that we've seen in the past where he might not light you up numbers-wise, but he's going to protect the football, and that's going to correlate to wins. Where, where, do you see, where do you see Dak going into the season? You know, I've, I've always been of the assumption, especially with the, with the turnovers, is, is that who you are? Is that your ID? Mm-hmm. That's not who he is. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. came in the league setting records at not turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. It's been his M.O. I'm not going to turn the ball over. But I think in this new offense, it gives him an opportunity now not to do exactly what you just said, is press. Okay. He doesn't have to. He has now, you have something in Brandon Cooks, you're, you're two years with your rookie, well, now your second year tight ends, and maybe the synergy, maybe the way that they are right now, not coming off of that injury and him having more understanding of this offense, I don't expect for him to, to, to try and press okay. the way that he was last year. I think that when he came back from that five game, coming back from the injury, he was pressing. Yeah. Was, he was hearing about Cooper. He, yeah, he was pressing. I think he was about the back of Y'all saw yeah, it. Yeah, y'all saw it. And y'all saw that he was pressing. He was doing things that you wouldn't normally necessarily think that, that Dak would be doing. He's throwing into areas. The communication between his receivers were completely off. Mm-hmm. I just don't see him doing that again, especially knowing the way that it impacted the team. Our offense was completely dead in the water versus San Francisco. We couldn't yeah. do nothing. This is why. It's, I don't think any of this is relevant. Okay. I think the only thing relevant is how well does your offensive line play and is your running game there? If it's not, I believe you're going to have the same issues that you had last season. You think the running game is going to be there? No, no. I believe – listen, if, I'm saying if it's not, if they don't yeah. figure out a way to control the game by running the ball and playing to your defense, same thing I said last year. Same thing we all talked about last year. If you don't find a way to do that – then pressing is the only thing, only option that yeah, you have. Because <laughs> then you have to put it in your quarterback hands, and he feels like he has to do more because the offensive line's not playing well, not protecting well, not opening up uh, running gaps. And then your running game is not doing anything for you. Now, right? you, set your off, now so, you set your defense up for failure. Right? Yeah, so on first down, down what do you do? You say, okay, we get we second and nine, we're going to run it and get on second yeah, and nine, or we're going to take, uh, take a shot and throw it on first down. That's true. So it's, to me, like that is that is the game. You have a great defense. You're supposed to have a great defense. Yeah. How's your offensive line? Can you run the ball like you said you are? If not, you're right. You, we'll be using the weapons. We'll be using the tight end. We'll be throwing four receivers. We'll be doing everything. You'll be weaponed up. Right. We, we do know that Dak isn't fighting for a roster spot, no. but there are some guys. There are some guys, and we talked, you mentioned Simi Fuhoko. We got some guys that are definitely fighting for their football life, and we're going to talk about them some more, find out who's hot, who's not, coming up next on the Players' Lounge. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of you and everyone else absolutely loving new smoothie bowls from Smoothie King. And woo, me too. 
These smoothie bowls start with acai and pitaya and are handcrafted with fresh toppings like sliced bananas, sweet berries, crunchy purely Elizabeth granola, and a savory peanut butter drizzle. New smoothie bowls, only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel, attend the best tailgate party in Texas, tour the star, and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Back to the Players' Lounge. The recently crowned 2023 CONCACAF Gold Cup champion Mexican men's national team will take on Australia on, on Saturday, September 9th at AT&T Stadium as part of the 20, 20th anniversary of the MEX Tour. Don't miss another exciting soccer matchup in Arlington. Tickets are on sale now at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. That was a team effort, right? Yeah, we got it done. We got it done. Are so. you going? Yeah. You worked that hard to get there. Are you going? I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to now, man. But, guys, we were talking before the break. We were talking about guys that are on the bubble trying to make this team. And you, you brought up Neville Gallimore. Mm-hmm. I want to know who your guy was. You didn't even get a chance to deep dive into anybody that you're looking at right now that may possibly be on the bubble. Any options? No, I mean, before this, it was Ronald Jones. <laughs> now I'm like, uh, he, he moved further out on that bubble. I think Deuce Vaughn is, is another guy who's on the bubble, but I, I would like to see him make the roster. Uh, one, is it's a very, very good story uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. But I, I think he has some talent, and I think you can use him in a lot of different ways, especially if you could find a way to maximize his skill set. We know it's not blocking, mm-hmm. but can you be a distraction and, and, and confuse defensive coordinators while you're out there, or can you be one of those guys like a Darren Sproles, right, who, who is a mismatch, come out of the backfield no matter what, no matter what the, uh, the matchup is, you say, this guy here might win. Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, – have, have you been seeing the, the routes that B. John Robinson has been running on oh, guys? Man, he saw Absolutely. some boys so, up. Yeah. So you say, okay, all right, third down. If I can get Deuce Vaughn to look anything like that, right, if I Tony Pollard is out or he needs a spell, then you got yourself a win. You do. That's a win. So I want to see him be able to show that he can do that uh, on the roster. Um, but, you know, if he doesn't, then he might not. You know, I, I want to pick, kind of piggyback on what you're talking about, about Deuce Fun, because the running back position is just as interesting as the wide receiver room was last season. Because 
Tony Pollard really benefited from the one-two punch of Ezekiel Elliott. 100%. He's not going to have that this year. I know we've talked ad nauseum about can he take the load and, and all of that. We really worry about third down <laughs> and what he can do on third down. Are you guys sure that, you know, that RB2 is necessary uh, for him, or can he be that be- – We've mentioned you, bell cow guy, the guy that can do it, you know, take all, all of carry. them. All of them need you, all the teams who have been <laughs> successful lately mm-hmm. need a number two running back who's serviceable. All right. That's from uh, Cincinnati with Joe Mixon. Was it P. Ryan? P. Ryan uh, was right there had. with him. Yep. Um, Dalvin Cook has Madison uh, as far as having a good running game. Like all these, is it Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon yep, up right. there in uh, Green Bay? Like all these teams have a one two punch. It's, not, it's no longer one of those things where you could just have one unless you have the one and only. Christian McCaffrey, or Derrick Henry, or, or yeah, Derrick Henry. Yeah, but Derrick Henry, as far as when you get in the pass game, is a, is a lot different, yeah, right? When yeah. when they when they clogging up the holes and not letting him get through there running the ball, you got an issue, mm-hmm. right? Christian McCaffrey is like he's that guy, who like all right, can't run it. <laughs> That's all right. I can route you up, right? So if you don't have one of those guys, yeah, you need a one-two punch. And Tony Pollard, yes, we haven't seen him carry the the full season, uh, getting all the uh, all the carries, the entire uh, playbook. I don't think that that's something that we want to see, especially in the 17-game season when you're pretty sure you're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, and that's what gets me nervous about this run game. You know, you know, I know McCarthy talked about we're going to run the football and maybe be more situational awareness than uh, they were with Kellen Moore, but they haven't done anything as far as action-wise to, to say, all right, this is going to be our running game. And we know what Tony Baller brings to the table, but he's not creeping up on anybody this year. Everybody kind of understands what he can do in that backfield. So they're going to be keen on what, you know, Tony Pollard can do out there. And like I said, he's a 15 to 17 touch guy. Who's going to be that guy to spell him? I mean, I know we got, you know, Mike Davis back there, you know, Rico Dalwell, we got Deuce Vaughn. Those guys are competing for that backup role. But can they, can they kind of be that that, you know, guy to kind of give him a spell, take maybe 10 touches off of, of Tony Pollard out there, we're going to find out. But I haven't seen, you know, this team make any moves as far as this is what we're focused on this run game. This is what we're going to do. Because right now it's it's Tony Pollard or bust, in my opinion. Who, so so when you so Tony Pollard's not getting the entire playbook. I, I, I would hope that fourth and one is not going to Tony yeah, Pollard. Yeah. Like when you line it up and you line it up in, in two tight end, whatever, fourth, on a fourth and goal from the half-inch line, I'm not sure if that is Tony Pollard's role. Who who do you see if there's no Ronald Jones right now getting that role? Is it Dowell, Davis? Because Tony yeah. Pollard's the biggest one, ain't he, at all? Yeah. I, I mean, all I mean Rico, Rico Dowdle, but he hasn't – I don't believe that he's even played in a, in a game. So Malik Davis would be the other guy that you would think that would yeah, take Malik those reps. And that's good. why the ghost of Ezekiel Elliott is looming <laughs> in these whole conversations because yeah. that's what people ask him. What are you going to do on third down? Yeah. What are you going to do on third down when you know the blitz is coming? Do you trust Tony Pollard to be that person to pick up the blitz? That's why this this whole thing is interesting, especially when you say uh, Deuce Vaughn isn't going to be a guy that's in there blocking and blocking linebackers or, or, chipping, or chipping ends. That's true. You, you, you got to use be creative. Your, yeah, you, you, that's what, yeah. Hey, man, if you're going to run gun, you put your tight end right there back, back there. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you have a versatile one that mm-hmm. they can also, hey, if there's no rush, then you can get out and, you know what I'm saying, go, go out for a pass. But you're going to have to get creative, which is why your head coach, who has been in the lab, can come up <laughs> with stuff like that. We'll see. Yeah, which which hopefully we see because, like, the thing that would irk me the most is if what we're talking about now, seeing these guys who we know who are not excellent, not good enough to be pass protecting on third down when when everybody knows that you got to throw the ball, yeah. having them out there being pass protectors. And then it not working and everybody saying, well, we, 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 don't, we don't know what to do now. Mm-hmm. Like, we know. 
we know we know them dudes are not not the guys you want out there to be pass protectors. So what is the solution to that? And hopefully, once we get into the season, we see what it is, and we all sitting there like, yeah, all right, Big Mike. Yep, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, here you go, Big Mike. I know you had it up your sleeve. Man, I gotta ask you guys. I mean, you you guys have been in this pressure cooker situation that we're talking about about making an NFL roster. I mean, right now, psychologically, as camp goes on, we're in the first week of camp. What is it like for some of those guys, bubble guys that's having you, to deal with that pressure? You want to know how I lost my hair? <laughs> <laughs> straight up. I mean, it's stressful. <laughs> it is stressful, man. Yeah. I mean, coming in undrafted, just knowing. I mean, because when we got in there, we was like the you know, fifth and sixth, seventh and eighth, you know, safeties out there. They were deep at the position, so... It's stressful, but, you know, like I say each and every week, you just got to go out there in each practice and show the coaches something. Whether it's, you know, special team, man, this guy can get down the field quicker. Man, this guy's great at the point of attack and blocking. Or, you know, defensively, man, this guy can cover pretty well. He understands the playbook. If you give the coaches something to talk about each and every, you know, week or each and every practice out there, it's going to be it's going to be hard for them to, to get rid of you on the team. So you got to go out there and, and just kind of stand apart or try to stand apart. It's tough when you got a bunch of guys that – Coming in there, they were the best at in high school. They were the best in college. I mean, it's it's a dog eat dog world, but it's stressful. It I ain't is gonna stressful. lie to you. I, I was the guy out there. I was like, ooh, made a bad play. Look at him. Look at him. All right, yeah, that's, <laughs> a, that's gonna be a negative. We're gonna watch the film. Yeah. Make sure I don't do that. And every time one of them dudes made, when I see them again yelled at or something, I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, all right, now, now, yeah, I, no, I need to make sure now because I know that the, the the coach right now is thinking, okay all right, we got an issue with this guy. Mm -hmm. And now if I go in there and I run, because sometimes you get to run the same plays. Yep. Mm -hmm. You get to try to make the same adjustments. They do the same motion across the field to see if you're going to pick it up versus mm -hmm. when the other dude did. And now I know, all right, now I can show that I know what the hell I'm doing. And that dude just got yelled at. That's going to stick in the coach's mind. Oh, yeah. Right? So I'm not praying for guys to do bad. But when I see it, I'm like, oh, I get to capitalize on that. Yep. They're not going to get me on the same thing they got him on. Mm -hmm. Right? Because I need to show that, one, I'm paying attention. And, two, I can be dependable. And yeah. that actually worked out for us, man. Because we, like, it was a lot of vets. It was me, Church. They had drafted a quasi Wusu in the fourth. Jeez. He was hurt. And then you had uh, Mike, Mike Hamlin, Hamlin Pat, Pat Watkins, Watkins, Alan Ball, Gerald Sensiball yeah. uh, on the roster. And Alan Ball had just... Uh, got moved from corner to safety. So they were still trying to figure that out as well. But Hamlin and Pat Watkins, they were actually injured a lot yeah, <laughs> throughout the whole time. So, the reps. so at one point, I think I was starting down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rookie year, undrafted free agent, starting down, playing special teams. And then he came in the next year and was starting safety. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it just, it just worked out for us. Man, that's what makes the Players' Lounge so unique. We got players talking <laughs> about what's really going on in Oxnard, California. Camp Rage is on and the pads are on, so we're finding out who's who. A lot of pressure on a lot of players to make this 53. We'll be back on Thursday at 1 p.m. here on DallasCowboys.com for Barry Church, for Danny McCray that's found his way back, for Matt Kent <laughs> in the back for holding it down. My man over here on the camera, I'm Heckman Harrison. We'll see y'all on Thursday. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!